Hey, and welcome back to the 29th episode of the From the Stem Up podcast. Hey, Idea, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great, thank you. Um, I'm Idea Byra. I'm a 17-year-old from the UK with like a Kosovo Albanian background, just to throw it in there. Um, I absolutely really love all science subjects. So I just have like a particular adoration for biology. So like biochemistry to be exact and you'll hear more about like later on why specifically and i kind of have like the typical hobbies of like reading and writing but i've also started as like a little fun fact i've also started violin again after a three-year break so there's about me um i actually just sold my violin um because oh, wow. i like i had to play it for my school's strings program but then yeah. I just kind of stopped and I guess I didn't want it to collect dust in my um, closet so I want it to be played because instruments are meant to be played right um, exactly, so exactly. but yeah I like mean, you mine mentioned... wasn't played for three years but like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I feel like I don't know instruments and like hobbies kind of just come out in the randomest times like some like for three months straight I'll be knitting something and then I don't know for a year I'll stop and then I'll come back to it again after two years and I'm like whoa um like what happened yeah like you mentioned you're from the UK so it might be like 11 30 p.m right now yeah actually uh 10 30 actually 10 30 I've been like pretty busy today so I'm quite tired but super excited to do this Okay, yeah, I love this dedication commitment. I'm I'm really just I'm really excited to talk to you about um, just STEM in general uh, and your and your perspective on things like biochemistry as well. Um, so before we begin, what's the STEM mean to you? Yeah, so for me, like the typical idea of STEM is like STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and maths, and that's something we all really know. But I feel like not everybody gets a chance to kind of dissect it further. So for me, STEM is kind of a field where no matter your age or gender or sexuality, you can all contribute to the betterment of humanity with this kind of going into this field. And I've noticed that recently it's becoming so much more inclusive and diverse, but we still have so much of a long way to go with women encouragement into STEM, like ethnic minority and black people encouragement into STEM. But we're getting there slowly, slowly, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there's there's been a lot of you know talk and discussions about uh, inclusivity. Sorry, inclusivity in STEM, um, and we've been talking a lot about having more women in STEM. Um, but I guess things like LGBTQ in STEM and and BIPOC communities in STEM have not really been talked about as much either. Um, yeah. And you've also um, 
identified yourself as a STEMinist. Do you want to explain what a STEMinist is? I mean, I'm a STEMinist, um, but do you want to like just explain it to the audience and why you you uh, ad like identify as a STEMinist? I guess. Yeah, of course. So a STEMinist, like you might have probably seen from my website, is somebody who just advocates to kind of increase the number of women, specifically women, at this point, because it kind of derives from the word of feminist and STEM. So like STEMinists together just increase is hope to like increase the number of women entering a STEM field. And personally, I 100% identify as one. Not only is this because of like a huge lack of women in STEM, but also being a young woman myself and hoping to enter a STEM field very soon. I am lucky enough to have found these mentors and like support networks that have given me the confidence and things like that. But if we have like a continuous lack of, uh, like a plateau, of a lack of women entering these STEM fields, I fear that other young women maybe won't be able to find the confidence within themselves or even hear advice, which is so crucial to entering a field, I think. Mm -hmm. And I've even noticed um, there's a bigger lack of, you know, female or, yeah, female or, you know, uh, minority role models in STEM. Um, but just generally, like, who do you think is your biggest role model in STEM? Yeah, so I kind of will split this into two parts. Like, so in terms of those are not with us today, I have to say Rosalind Franklin. And although this might be like a bit cliche and commonly said, there's like, after reading her biography that was written, titled The Dark Lady of DNA, I believe, I was struck at like everything that she went through. So more specifically, the book kind of delved into the sexist remarks from her own colleagues that they just kind of didn't even, they didn't even take into consideration her feelings as a woman. And especially the fact that she was Jewish as well didn't help. And she constantly faced anti-Semitic like, anti remarks and things like that. And also the idea that she wasn't awarded the Nobel Prize for her own work that was stolen by two men just absolutely blows my mind. But I connected with like the idea that she wanted to become a scientist from when she was 15 years old and that dedication and she basically worked for science till the day she died and that is something that I aspired to do so her story was just something amazing but like in terms of modern day scientists there are just so many I've connected with on role on like events for base in science that I can't pick one they're all just incredibly amazing so yeah. yeah it's it's just the amount of work that they put in and and it's just heartbreaking to see that in the past we didn't um really uh you know celebrate what women did um and even in fields like computing um you know Ada Lovelace you know the first person that kind of like um I forget what she did but I think she actually made the first computer program um yeah, or actually. yeah so it's just it's just amazing what women did in the field, but we're just realizing now how much they did because uh, they weren't really re like recognized back then. And I'm assuming that their kind of work ethic um, kind of translated into yours as you got inspired by them um, throughout some of your like aspirations or schoolwork and things like that. So based on your um, experiences and interests, what are your future career goals? Yeah, so because I love biochemistry so much, um, I hope to become a biochemist because of like my love for the specific field. 
but it's also combined with the desire that I've had to help people. Like I genuinely love that so much. And I also have like a craving almost to learn more about our bodies and how we can maybe learn from these processes, how we can turn these into cures and how we can kind of eradicate such common diseases that we don't even think twice about. So like I kind of, my dream would be to have my own laboratory and conduct my own research and be known for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've personally never been uh, interested in that, but you know, for a little bit I was, um, and I was interested in things like neuroscience. I went to brain beat, but it's just amazing because um, at one point I was able to like hold a real human brain and, and, and at first it was a little bit gross. Right. But then I realized like how fascinating that is. um, And just how much, how much we don't know about our own bodies. It's just crazy. I think that's insane because we all think about like wow we don't know much about the universe but then if we turn back to ourselves we hardly know anything about our own brains which fascinates me yeah and like we're all like we're already considering exploring Mars and I'm like well wait what about our own brains like we're (laughs) like right here and what about you know our own earth like we were we were we grew with the earth and and we like we're here like why not change what's on earth right now uh instead of kind of going far-fetched into space which isn't really meant for us as humans like there's a lot of things that are different from mars and earth and wow i'm just going on a big tangent here but anyways like it's just crazy how how like how much there is to know um even things like that we already know like for example our blood we still haven't really found a cure for leukemia, for example. It's crazy. Um, and just cancer, which is just insane. It's just the leading cause of death in a lot of places. And we still haven't really found anything for it. Um, so I think more of like more of this concentration of, 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 of our research and funding should go to a lot of these things before we start going um, outside into space and things like that. Like, what do you think about that? Definitely. I think especially in like underdeveloped countries I feel like that's where it needs to be concentrated because it first starts with the students so if you kind of empower them and show them hands-on look this is where we live this is what we have inside of us then they'll kind of be inspired to to kind of explore and to achieve careers in these kinds of fields which could definitely make humanity a better kind of place if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you mentioned like research, uh, which is amazing. What uh, particular fields of research were you uh, interested in lately or you plan on pursuing um, in your future career studies? Yeah, so currently, because I'm at my pre-university stage, so hopefully in September I'll go into university to study biochemistry. There's, mm-hmm. I've noticed that at school there's like really certain elements of chemistry, like the organic kind of side and the physiology side of biology that kind of combines to form my love for biochemistry in a weird way. So it's like certain aspects that will just pull apart that I notice, wow, I really enjoy learning about that. Wow, I want to learn more. So I think those will be the fields that I want to go into in the future and hopefully make a difference there. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like I just finished my, um, you know, final year, like grade 12, we call it here yeah. in Canada. Um, chemistry class and 
at, like each of the units was so different. It's like electrochemistry, organic chemistry, um, thermochemistry, you know, there's just so many different kinds of chemistry. Um, and in Canada, like we only kind of start specializing or like going into these topics in, in our final year of high school. And it's wow. um, so I, I never really knew about like organic chemistry beforehand. Um, wow. And I only knew about like the periodic table and, you know, uh, stoichiometry and things like that. Yeah. But um, it's only until now where I really found out how a battery worked because of redox reactions. And I was like, that's so cool. Um, and just the connection of chemistry and biology um, and fields like biochemistry is also so diverse and so cool as well. Like, yeah. honestly, if I could take multiple degrees, I could, but. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, me too. <laughs> it's, it, it was, it's really hard to find um, your you know like the one degree that you want to pursue as a 17 year old um so i guess that's like one of the biggest uh, challenges our generation faces uh, because yeah. right now there's just so so much stuff going on in stem that just choosing one is really hard i definitely agree it's like you can't be asked at the age of kind of 17 when you haven't had all the experiences of life to pick a future path for the rest of your life which i think is insane yeah, and, and you've been mentioning like you were planning to go to universities. Um, what is the application process like in the UK? Yeah, okay, so we have um, this platform called UCAS. I don't, I don't actually know what it sounds for, to be honest, um, but it's like an online platform where anybody, even international students, have to use. So on there, it's like a long form list, and usually our school went through it with us. So you have to kind of fill in personal details about yourself, like your family, kind of how much they earn to determine whether you are eligible for free money from the government to fund your university. And you don't have to do like any sort of, unless you go into medicine or into like a very um, competitive course, then you have to be invited to interview after that. But usually once you've completed all the details, chosen all of the uh, select universities that you wish to go into, then you'll be allowed to kind of send it off, pay a small sum, which is usually paid by the school, and then send it off, and then you hopefully will get offers back within the next few months. That's the whole idea. Interesting. So do you have to, like, do you have to write essays and things like that, or is it just your, you know, personal information and grades? Um, yeah, so you have actually a thing called personal statement. So it's like, I believe, 4,000 character limit. So you need to write about yourself and why you specifically want to go into that field and you kind of fill this with ideas like what you've done like extracurricular what you do at school what you read but it has to be kind of a structured and a professional way for because that's basically what universities judge you on that and your grades so yeah mm -hmm. yeah and I know it's a lot different in America but we won't get that like get into that um yeah. but yeah here like we have this big you know portal called OUAC which is like I mean, I'm in the province of Ontario, so it's a lot different. You know, Canada is huge, right? So, um, and then we kind of rank our universities. And then for each university we apply to, we have to pay a fee. And it's usually like $50 per application. Wow. Um, so if if you pay, if you like apply to 10 programs, um, then you have to pay around $500, which is a lot. Um, and... Yeah, so here we apply to programs, um, but in America, I know like you, 
really focus on applying to the school and then you pick yeah. your program later like for example like if you want to go to harvard well like you're you're going to harvard and then you'll pick your like degree or concentration later but here like you know your program so for example i applied to civil engineering right so i'm going to apply to civil engineering programs in i don't know there's there's a couple schools in my region and um, out of province and things like that um, and then once you get that you um each each university will send you their own portal um so there's a lot of usernames and passwords i have that i keep in a little book um and then uh for engineering specifically it's a more competitive program um so they do have like supplementary applications um where none of them i really had to write an essay for it's mostly just um paragraphs of uh, like responding to different questions um oh, wow, okay. That's quite different. yeah whether it be like uh you know why do you like engineering or um what kind of extracurriculars did you do and how did that impact blah 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 things like that you know like very specific to that program and then yeah. you'd list your extracurriculars um and it's it's not as um dependent on your grades overall like they like canada um canadian applicants they really focus on their final two years of high school because those two years of like like the grades from those two are going to count towards um your like average for university um but in grade nine and ten which is the first two years of high school they don't really count um but i know like in america they take all four years and they take a whole gpa and then yeah um and then once that happens maybe some universities will ask for like an online interview um and and it's just really fascinating like i'm just i i love knowing about how people apply in different application processes um and i know it's different in the uk uh yeah. versus i don't know new zealand versus like countries in africa versus yeah. even just i don't know places in europe and uh, South America. So I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to get guests from all around the world and just seeing how it's different. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's quite interesting to know. Yeah. So let's talk about your organization based in science. Um, you know, I've seen it a lot on Instagram and I've, and I've just followed it for a long time. So what was your inspiration behind it? Yeah. So first of all, I'll start by like explaining what based in science actually is. So it's like a non-profit that hopes to encourage more youth from the UK and my home country, Kosovo, into STEM-related careers. And I kind of initially started based in science as like a mini blog. And that's how I've noticed a lot of these organizations start from like a small, tiny blog. And then I saw that I kind of felt as though I could use the platform for something bigger and to make more of an impact rather than just sharing my love for science. And then my home country, Kosovo, has always had such bright and passionate students. I've noticed that the support systems and resources are just incredibly limited. So after doing lots of research and hearing first-hand experiences on how so many students have, like, don't have opportunities at all to connect with professionals and listen to advice and really understand what they're getting into with the career they wish to obtain, I decided to kind of split the focus between Kosovo and the UK. So that kind of makes us unique in like the sense that we target both countries and we are like an international organization working both in the UK and in Kosovo. 
Yeah, that's awesome um, that you're just expanding your reach between two countries. Um, and yeah, that's that's really awesome. Um, what does Based in Science have to offer our listeners? I know you started off as just like a blog, but do you have anything else um, that our listeners could look forward to? Yeah, of course. So now we've kind of um, upped our game quite a lot and we host loads of free events every month available for anyone because even though we're kind of UK and Kosovo focused the more people that we can help to encourage into STEM the better so that's why I hope to like become even more international with the next few years that come along so our events kind of range from like women in STEM panels so you can get more experience and advice to actual direct careers advice sessions on Zoom that will be kind of targeted to specific STEM subjects and it kind of gives students a chance to connect with professionals all over the world so yeah I guess my question for you I'm just gonna do like a little bit of an advice section of this podcast so um, what advice would you give our listeners who want to pursue STEM or don't really know if they like it um, but don't really know where to start to you know get their feet in the door Yeah, so initially, if you don't really know um, if you want to go into STEM or not, I would say do as much research as possible. So kind of identify the different things that you're good at. So if you like solving problems, maybe more of a mathsy, like engineering side for you. Or if you like kind of learning more and you don't get maybe turned away by blood or stuff like that, medicine maybe, and things like that, kind of associate everyday skills that you have with a STEM subject and do as much research. So you have things like YouTube and maybe various different nonprofits like ours that will help to kind of guide you in the right way. Um, But then if you really do enjoy it, but you feel slightly put off and you don't know where to continue, just don't really take no for an answer. That's my advice. Like if you, no doubt, like a lot of people, you'll probably face barriers and everybody does in various different fields it could even be from like your closest people to teachers to professors to anything somebody could try and stop you but kind of what I managed to do to kind of reach and to continue reaching where I want to go is turn your vision into like tunnel vision so imagine like a tunnel is blocked all on the sides and the only way that you can get through is through with the path but for you it would be blocking on the sides it's like kind of blocking your peripheral vision if we call it that So like you're blocking what other people say, what other people think, because it's your life. And like you said, a lot of people only live once. So, I mean, you only live once as a person. Um, And you can't always just think, oh, I'll do that in the future. But just start now, because now is literally the best time for you. Mm -hmm. And I always say just um, get involved with things. find out what you like based off of what you're involved in. If if you don't like what you're involved in, then you know what you don't want to pursue in the future. Um, uh, you know, try out Based in Science, for example. Um, go to their events and see what people um, are doing in certain fields, um, such as science. Um, and I know that STEM is a more technical field, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a lot of, you know, humanitarian aspects in it. Um, business aspects in it uh, like a lot of writing and things like that and there's a lot of interdisciplinary things in each field of STEM that you could want to pursue as a career so um, I like how you said like tunnel vision and not really letting anyone else intrude because 
this is this is your choice um, as a career path. And there's always uh, options to change and to pivot as well. So don't think that like the thing that you're doing right now is the only option because, you know, I've changed my like career prospects at least 10 times throughout high school um, until I really settled down and found something I liked because in high school, there was a lot of things I didn't like to do. Um, so I was like, you know what, I'm not going to do that. And that's totally okay. Like you don't have to be good at everything and you don't have to like everything, but the best thing to know what you don't like and what you like is to just try it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what advice would you give to our listeners who want to take action about a cause uh, that's important to them? Yeah. So now with like kind of generation Z, you see that we're very, we're a very outspoken generation and we, I can see we have the power to completely change anything in this world that currently exists. So if you want to join kind of that part, maybe not be as radical, maybe you just want to voice your opinion or maybe you want to completely change something. Then what I would say first of all is identify the topic that you want to campaign for. Because that's important. If it's something you don't enjoy, you're not going to have a luxury life kind of, um, or you're not going to enjoy being able to continue with this and take it all the way you're just going to feel as if it's like a weight on your shoulders so after you've identified that pick out your reasons for the topic so like really dissect it kind of um and identify what the issue is and what you could do then i would say just create like a group of support like people maybe friends family anything um even reach out to students who are directly affected by your cause because I don't think that sitting around waiting for a solution is the correct way because a solution will not happen to any problem unless you start and you voice about it. Mm-hmm. And while you were speaking, I, I kind of thought of a different model. So instead of a tunnel, it could be kind of like a cone. So in this case, um, you, you, you start out just absorbing a lot of things, news, uh, you know, peers, perspectives, um, discussions, and seeing what's wrong in your community. Um, It could be as small as your community. And then think about maybe nationally and then internationally and see what things do you not like about what's going on in the world? What things do you think that you could change personally using, you know, your cell phone? Um, You know, as simple as a cell phone, maybe just creating something, whether it be a nonprofit, an organization, and then narrow down on those uh, topics and find something that you are going to change. And I think pinpointing something that you're going to change and focusing on that, um, you'll be able to spark a lot of uh, like like disrupt that area um, yeah. to make it something that you want to be in a positive way. Um, so definitely, like I definitely agree with you. And um, if you want to like, for example, feminism. Um, me and you are just big feminists, right? And yeah. so to like combat this, we've, you know, started a podcast or made an organization and hosted events. And um, it really doesn't have to be like monumental, like going to the United Nations and speaking your opinion. That'd be awesome. But I guess our power as Generation Z is to, you know, start in our communities because that's the place that we have the most Uh, connections and the most reach and then going further Um, and I really hope this inspires you to just take that thing that was in the back of your mind and putting it to the front of your mind I love that exactly I'll come back whenever I need advice again I'll listen to my own words (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. Like sometimes I go back and edit the podcast and I'm like, wow, that was a really good point. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we have covered a lot of things from, you know, biochemistry to STEMinism to based in science to, uh, you know, just doing things. Uh, do you have any other projects you want to mention before we end off the episode? Um, so I'm kind of like in the process of writing a book about female biochemists or women biochemists in the 21st century. So it's kind of like I've not really spoken about it publicly before, so it's like the first time and Ooh. it will be published very soon and it just features like 21 different uh, interviews kind of from women across the world who are in the field of biochemistry just to kind of inspire young women across the world because I feel like biochemistry isn't spoken about enough personally like I didn't know it was a subject until like three years ago so yeah that's kind of the goal for it yeah so it should be on Amazon very soon because we're finishing like the um final details of everything but of course I'll be publicizing it everywhere and it will be on Amazon and all of the like I think 80% actually of the profits that will come from the book will actually be sent to a charity in Kosovo to help counter poverty over there. Amazing okay um, if you're listening to this right now and it's not linked in the bio it's probably because it's not released yet but I will make sure that as soon as it's you know released I will promote it on the uh, st- from the stem up Instagram and also it'll be linked in the bio as well um, in case you listen to this uh, after it's released, which would be awesome. Um, that's amazing. Uh, thank you so much for uh, you know coming to this amazing episode at 11 p.m. your time. Um, yep. <laughs> It's just awesome that, that that we got to talk about a lot of these things. Um, make sure to te- check Idea out um, on LinkedIn. You can connect with her um, on Instagram. Also, there's a Based in Science Instagram I talked about and the Based in Science Twitter. So if, if you have any questions about biochemistry or applying to university in the UK, contact her because she knows everything um, and, and she'd give some great points of advice. Um, so yeah. Uh, remember to always ask questions and to stay curious. Thank you and see you next time.